Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. On this week's episode, we have Jess, Lauren, Lucy, Tess and Justin. Part two of our cloning special, we get into some of the history of therapeutic cloning and some of the research being done with that right now. We also discuss some of the details and practicalities of cloning in fiction by looking at things in Marvel's Mutant series, along with Orphan Black. That includes everything from teleportation to meeting your own twin. And now we launch into our Launchpad News segment. So stem cell research is really fantastic, and one of the things we hope to use stem cell research one day to do is to regrow damaged organs or tissue or skin that's been burnt or something that we could then place back into ourselves and never have to fear about rejection of it of that organ and basically mean that when we could have spare parts for us and that would be fantastic one of the challenges are that stem cells are, are very rare there's not that many of them in your in your body and we have to actually capture them and freeze them and keep them going but if we wanted to grow a large amount of tissue it actually takes a lot of time and it's very complicated so we can't really easily test explore and research on it um, it's also very controlled through strict ethic controls, which are very important. Um, but some recent research has been really fantastic, particularly out of the Advanced Cell Technology Group in Oregon, um, in the United States. They basically have managed to create a clone of a human embryonic cell to reproduce stem cells. So basically, they've undertaken therapeutic cloning of an adult cell. Um, so they basically can regrow that, and then by using that, they can actually make stem cells, mass-produce stem cells, to be able to then grow into anything, any type of human tissue, which would be fantastic um, for that particular person or anyone else, really, who could actually make use of that. It means we could grow skin grafts and help repair organs and a whole bunch of other things. So what did these scientists in Oregon do? So basically they used a method called somatic cell transfer or SCNT. It basically involves removing the nucleus from an egg cell and replacing it with a nucleus from a cell of the person that we want to clone. It's the same thing they used to make Dolly the sheep. After swapping out the nucleus in the, eggs, in the egg cell, um, we basically used caffeine uh, to, to delay the onset of the cell division, which I find quite funny. Um, and then they wait about 30 minutes and the cell starts to divide. Uh, and that, that's really good because then basically the cell starts to divide and reproduce. But instead of using the original donor cell, we actually does that using the DNA of what we actually want to then replicate. So it was really good because um, we've actually managed to show that this type of therapeutic cloning can be done in human cells. We've always actually had some unclear evidence as to whether or not this is feasible. So this work done late 2014 indicates that you can actually re therapeutically reproduce human cells. Why would you do this? This is therapeutic cloning, not reproductive cloning. This is not making a copy of you. This is making a copy of some cells. Now, these cells, particularly if we made them stem cells, could be then grown into a number of other things like skin cells, blood cells, specific organs if they were particularly advanced, which would be a really important part of regenerative medicine. It would really help us have almost one day maybe banks of specific cells um, through blood or organs that we could use then to fix things that break. Um, so then we can say, okay, look, we've got your stem cells on file. Let's, your, your tendon here is really damaged. Let's help regrow some, some tendon tissue in, in the lab setting and then implant that back into your body like you would do any other organ transfer to help it regrow and grow into the way Bax actually was before. Um, and we can do that with skin cells. Instead of skin grafting on from donors, we could actually make sure that 
grow the person's own skin back um, and then transplant it back onto them, which would be fantastic for those who suffer burns. So therapeutic cloning would be very beneficial. Um, there are still some challenges to go, but we're making some good progress. We've got like the different methods of, well, methods of cloning, but it's really exploring the implications of having cloning in the universe. So if you were, then one of the reasons why we haven't really progressed too much with the cloning, ignoring the complexity angle, because it's hard. Um, we've cloned animals, we've cloned sheep, we've They're cloned really dogs, dogs mm -hmm. we've cloned a number of other things, but we haven't really cloned much more into the human area because it's a really big no-go zone. There actually are... So many ethical issues. Well, so not only that, but actually, not, people don't generally fund and have illegal in most countries research and cloning. It caused a big st stir where a South Korean doctor, and also an Italian and a Japanese doctor at various different points of time, have claimed to have run cloning experiments. And everyone's like, you can't have done that officially or legally. <laughs> Pretty sure you haven't. All of these have been hoax things, but like, it's a big thing because you can't actually do it. No one actually supports it, and it's really, really hard to do. So that's one of the really tough parts about it. So ignoring the complexity angle, you get into the whole idea of if you have the same identical genetic material, what are the implications of it? So we talked that's about that's what the show is about. Yeah. So if you have the one up, what one of the discussion points is nature versus nurture. Um, the other one is what you know. What's the are clone lives as valid or as real or as as an existing person's lives? The interaction between the clone and the original version that everything's a copy of. They're kind of like the three big ethical questions. You know, if, if you're just a copy, are you a real person? You know, that's an that's a interesting ethical question. What does that mean if there's copies of you out of the world and you're the host? So, you know, that's got to be terrifying. And also, not the host, but the, the source document. And the, fir the first obvious one is whether or not nature and nurture plays a difference. So can you really be different people even though you're genetically identical? I think the answer that often Blackwood proposed is yes, definitely. Um, also, natural, like, identical twins, yes, you can be different people, even if you have the same DNA. Yeah, I think we've kind of, to an extent, we've already, in reality, not in TV, kind of had the nature first nurture debate in scientific terms. We've had enough of a source pool of identical twins um, who have raised been raised separately. together, who have been raised separately, who have been raised in sometimes separately, sometimes together, who never met each other. Um, and we've had enough of those studies to safely say that, yes, your genetics play a role in who you are, but the way you're raised plays a role in who you are, and that it's very clearly, if not an equal split, then... Mostly natural. I don't know enough about biology to make like a specific um, about the fields as say specifically whether it leans one way or the other, but I think we're pretty clear on that front that it's not nature versus nurture, it's nature and nurture. Yeah, and so it's uh, it's more of a, depending on the circumstance of each case study that you look at, it might lean one way or the other, depending on the specific person and the environment differences, but it's a confluence rather than a false choice, like a binary. Yeah. It's not a binary system. Yeah. It's a spectrum. And that's that's really interesting. So the the fact that they can actually have such diverse people is a cool concept to explore in terms of fiction. Um, do they really get into the um, the idea about whether or not the clones have lives? Because another uh, worthwhile lives. Because another way that science fiction deals with this is say that if you're a copy, then that's fine. You're just a copy. So the Simpsons episode where Homer clones himself in the magic hammock, 
and has this big army full of him clones to do various tasks. Um, he then ends up with like thousands because the clones then realise that they can make more clones to go ask to do things because you know they're the real ones so they can command the new ones to go do stuff. And this ends up with an infinite recursion chain of so many clones because the, the source one values itself higher than the, the copies in some sort of like real chain of well I was the original therefore I'm the best down the down the imperfections of copies. I think there's well while obviously they haven't asked that question directly. I think there's I'd say there's three ways that the show gets into that. The first one is um, the premise of the show. She finds herself playing this person who looks exactly like her, who is a lot like her in a lot of ways, but is also a completely different person to her. So that's one one way they get into that. Into that. Second way would be they have another clone who um, has essentially been raised to believe that she's the um, and what that makes her do and makes her think and how that makes her treat the other clones um, is I guess an interesting study of how feeling like you're the one with the right to exist mm. can change you and I've totally because it's a good, it's a good point. Like the the having that that right to exist is a really interesting thing because you get you end up with a similar problem in the Prestige and a number of other shows plus other science fiction. So an, an anime like a certain scientific railgun or um, what's another good one that has cloning in it. Uh, even even anything to do with teleportation, you actually end up to the same problem of um, clones. Because one of the methods of teleportation is you don't actually transmit the body. You Just actually copy you copy it, and then you have to delete the original because otherwise problems. <laughs> um. So that transporter, <laughs> transporter basically essentially teleport teleports one person into an incinerator and creates an exact copy in another place. Yeah, so I mean that's basically that's, the concept there. We we figured out we can make teleporters, but we're worried about making teleporters because we actually have to make cloning devices, <laughs> and so that puts a new spin on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's only taking a transporter in Star Trek uh, got a bit more dark very quickly. Transporters were already pretty dark. That, that's true. Um. I, I think, actually, I think you'll find they're made of swirls and flashes and rainbows <laughs> when, when you watch them. I think. Two different examples of cloning are really interesting things that they do. Um, one is um, from Marvel. It's uh, the guy who can create clones of himself that like usually amplify one specific. Oh, Jamie. Yeah. Jamie. 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 Jamie Madrox, multiple man. Um, personal favorite of mine. Um, he initially his power is essentially to just create exact duplicates of himself, and the exact duplicates are not not very not different from him at all but essentially the more he creates the less brain capacity he has because he only has one brain yeah, he's distributed and he has to distribute like himself into the network and that's so that's, a that's not a real clone in so, the same sense but similar. it's like simulcrums yeah of, of him um that can go go and do stuff um but and can be apart from him for a long time and he has this plot point which is um he gets the mutant disease um I can't remember what it's called 
It's um, basically the something something virus. Yeah, there's a in, in X Men comics, there's mutants, which are people who have something happened to them, like Wolverine, maybe not like Wolverine, but like Cyclops and the other mutants, um, where they have something's wrong with them and something changes in their genetics and makes them into have different types of powers. Um, superior. Yeah. Um, um, legacy virus. It's the legacy virus. So what the legacy virus does is kill mutants. Okay. And it's drive more, them crazy yeah. and take their powers. It's and I believe it's a naturally occurring virus. I can't remember the exact plot point. Anyway, what it does to Jamie is he's not meant to survive. He ends up surviving. And what it does is his clones develop personalities. So they go from being just simulacrums that he can kind of control to being they'll disagree with him if they and they'll take certain facets of his personality and amplify them. So one of them is really, really, really flirty. One of them is super angry. One of them hits um, another member of the team for something that Jamie isn't particularly angry at them for. That sort of stuff. And that, that kind of moves from being pure simulacrums into actually being separate clones. Yes, they are. They're separate people. And they do actually... They do look at this in the X-Factor comic. There's one clone of Jamie who... Um, he, he's been letting his clones go off and learn things because when they learn things and he reabsorbs them he learns those, he things. Learns those things and it's a really useful kind of skill to have anyway, that would make, that would make university so much better it's basically what he did anyway he lost one and uh, he just kind of didn't come back and he has to like touch them to reabsorb them and they fight they stumble across him like years later the team and he's just you know he's a priest um, and he's he's a super nice guy, but he's very different to Jamie, and he hates Jamie. He absolutely hates Jamie and the rest of the X Factor team because they keep bringing people to his house, and then his house keeps getting destroyed. Look, Which that's is reasonable. reasonable. <laughs> but anyway, they do kind of um, they have the team has this dilemma about this person who is exactly like their leader existing. But in this other place with a family. Yeah, he had a family. He created his own life. He was, like, leader of, like, a religious flock or whatever. He had a kid. Yeah. Like, he had his own life. He didn't want to be reabsorbed and, like, basically erased. Yes, essentially. Yeah, that's where you get involved. So it's another good study of, like, the ethics of creating humans from yourself. <laughs> creating copies for the sole purpose of absorbing or teleporting or what have you. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This week we capped off our part two of our cloning special when we discussed the therapeutic cloning research currently being done, Orphan Black and Multiple Man from Marvel's Mutant Universe, and what that can teach us about teleportation and the ethics of cloning. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.